I had a hatred for my father who left me when I was about one years old. And as a result, I lived a life of constant violent fighting and partying, sex with girls, drugs, and it only fueled my anger even more. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And today, we're going to be talking about how an absent father can leave a child more prone to difficult issues in his or her life. Today, we will have Jose Rodriguez with us, and he's going to share about how his dad left his family when he was only one year old, and therefore he struggled with these huge anger issues against his father. And his life was more prone to behavioral issues and difficulties that led to a cycle just like his father. Now, just a warning, this show is for mature audiences only and will involve a lot of adult matters. So listener discretion is advised. Jose, welcome to the show. Thank you, Evangelist. Pleasure to be here. Yes, Jose, it truly is a pleasure having you on our show. I understand that your life is changed now, which is awesome. But in the past, You had such a hatred for your father because he wasn't in your or your mother's life. Tell us about how that hatred was developed. The hatred really began to develop as I matured a little bit, got into the preteen years and really began to observe and understand how much my mother was sacrificing and how difficult things were for her. Mm. And when I realized how hard she was working and I realized that a lot of that had to do with an absent father and, you know, her having to come to parent teacher conferences by herself. Right. Her having to, you know, do all the chores and hold all the responsibilities and then do the disciplining, all of that. I began to realize that there was something missing and I saw it in other kids and in other families. Yeah. And I realized that it was the fact that I didn't have a father and his absence, his walking away just fueled more anger. And, you know, they say that with everything, time heals. And I don't know about that because in my case, time just fueled the anger. As I developed, I understood what I was missing. Wow. And that really just made me more and more and more angrier. Oh, my gosh. You know, that's true because, you know, if things don't heal properly, you know, it's going to go gangrene, at least in the physical world. Right. But emotionally, it sounds like that's what happened. So I understand that you got later involved with drugs and sexual promiscuity. How did you get involved later on with that? Well, that happened throughout the course of middle school, what we call junior high school in the East Coast, as well as getting into high school. Wow. You know, I got into sports and sports, I actually excelled pretty advanced in it. And it connected me to people that were going to affect my life. Wow. Yeah. You were the popular guys. Like it was all the popular groups. You're exactly right. I, (laughs) I actually became partners with the most popular kid in school. Oh my gosh. So... Living life like amazing, like on the top of the pack, feeling good. I mean, that opens up the doors to a lot of things. Yes, it does. Wow. You're absolutely right. Yes, it does. And that's what led, open the door to being introduced to drinking. Then I got into drugs and girls were just easy to get. And wow. everything just escalated from there. Now, what did the drugs do for you at the time that you were doing them? Like, why did they seem good to you at the time? 
You know, at first it seemed like the easiest way to connect, hmm. the easiest way to feel that you belonged to a group. Oh, you know, I that's wasn't it. asked if I drank or not. Hmm. The first time I ever drank, I just had somebody walk up to me, you know, hand me a 40 ounce and tell me, go ahead, finish it off, Jose. <laughs> there, there was an assumption that I was already involved in this. There was an assumption that if I'm with this group, this is what you do. We know that. Right. And you're like, I'm going to do it. Right. It was just that simple. You know, they plastic you a blunt or anything, something to smoke, something to drink. Yeah. And you just did it because you were a part of that group. You didn't even think twice about it. Wow. So then I understand that there was sexual promiscuity in your life as well. Now, how promiscuous were you? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be honest. When I think back, I'm a little ashamed of that because I realized that I was the poster child for what you see on television. Right. When we have a picture of men looking at women just like a piece of steak. Right. A piece of meat. Right. And unfortunately, that's what I became. I looked at them as just a piece of meat, something to conquer, wow. something to get. And I came to realize it wasn't very difficult. Wow. You know, I told them what they needed to hear and it was pretty easy to... You know, I'm really sorry to say it this way, but it was easy to get into women's pants. Wow. It was pretty easy to get involved with them emotionally. And wow. one thing led to another. I became good at it. Now, you know, because honestly, obviously you're popular. Girls were probably coming to you. You know, the girls were drawn to you, but you were also very drawn to the girls. I understand that you were aggressively pursuing girls. Like you'd come to a place and you'd pick out a girl and be like, hey, this is going to happen. But how did you actually get the girl to be with you? Like, was it just because you were good looking or was there something more? Well, it really had to do with the environment and where I was. Yeah. You know, back then we used to use terminology such as, you know, he's got game, right? They even made a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you learn? You learn to speak to girls. You learn to speak to women. You know, unfortunately, I proud and I looked for vulnerabilities. I looked mm. for, you know, what they needed, what they needed to hear. You know, mm. that was an approach. Mm. Unfortunately, if I was in a club... The club was the most easiest thing to do on planet Earth. Yeah. All you had to do was get on the floor and have some sense of rhythm, <laughs> begin to dance. And before I knew it, I was dancing with a group of women. And wow. after that, it was just, you know, let's go get a drink. Let's get to some talking. Yeah. And I knew I was a smooth talker, so I knew it was a done deal. But to go back to what you said, it was a shame that I walked into clubs and I walked into parties with friends yeah. and we'd make bets about who can get who and who was going to get what. And that's oh. where that started. So it was kind of like a game. It's almost like say whatever you can in order to get the girl for the night. It was. But you wouldn't be bonding with these girls. Like these were just kind of like a one night stand kind of thing, right? Some of them were. Okay. So some of them were... And so here was a lot of promiscuity and you're just going and going and it's really just a game. Now, I understand when you're in the Navy later on in life, you really dealt with a lot of anger issues. Tell us a story of how angry you got at times. Well, to be honest, there's a lot of them, but to give you an idea, there was a time when we tried to get a friend into a club Yeah. and because he was underage, I let him use my ID. Okay. Well, I'm in the middle of the club talking with women and dancing, and here comes the announcement, and they're calling my name to the door. Mm. Well, I walked to the door, and they were telling me on how they realized that there was a guy coming in, and he had taken my ID, or he was using my ID. And they attempted to, you know, harass us and kick us out. And wow. my anger, my anger kicked in so bad that I began making a fuss. I began cursing people out. 
They brought bouncers to the door, and I happily began to invite the bouncers outside and say, come on, (laughs) me and you can finish this outside. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how bad you guys are. We can finish this outside. Let's just do it right in the parking lot. And, And I wouldn't hesitate to swing. I just didn't care. Wow. Because there was that hidden anger, that undealt with anger from your past towards your father that was always brewing inside of you. Is that right? This is true. Wow. This is true. As a result of that, I realized later on that the mindset that I had developed, and it goes to show you, you know, what we're capable of telling ourselves. Yeah. But I convinced myself and basically told myself, if there was never a male figure in my life that ever told me what to do, then at this point in my life, I was never going to allow another man to have the last word on me. Why would I? There was never a man that told me what to do, so I wasn't going to hear it. Wow. Wow. And that just fueled the anger. Now, I understand, you know, that you got the wife of your dreams later on in life past that. And she was a Christian. But I understand that the difficulties of your past caused problems for your marriage. Tell us about that. Yes. First of all, you're absolutely right. I managed to find this absolutely beautiful, exotic Brooklyn girl who was Puerto (laughs) Rican and has hazel eyes. Wow. And she's still beautiful. But nonetheless, I unfortunately began to introduce her to a lifestyle of my past. Oh, like the drugs and everything? Yes, my ignorant and immature philosophy and mindset was the fact that I told her, you know what, you just came out of church. And there's a lot of things that are going to attract you. And I prefer for you to get them out of the way now. Wow. Which was such stupidity and such ignorance, such immaturity. But nonetheless, I led her into drinking. I led her into smoking. I got her high for the first time. Wow. Not understanding that she would become addicted to this. And this wow. later on caused a lot of problems in our marriage. Well, Jose, let's stop there because I understand your marriage nearly ended up in a divorce. But this is an amazing story of how anger and hatred were like fueling you in a disastrous way, hurting your life and hurting the lives of others. And this anger was just unsolvable. I want to have you on our next show to really talk about what the actual solution was to this because I know that this is no longer your life today. So, Jose, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Juan. Once again, it's a blessing to be here. Hang on, I want to talk to you more about having an absentee dad right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this is sad to hear how Jose's life spiraled into reckless partying and seemed like he grew up with a lot of behavioral problems that really affected his adult life. And why not? That is what statistics say, where children who grow up without a father have a four times greater risk of poverty 
more likely to engage in risky sexual promiscuity and are much more likely to have behavioral problems. And there's a saying that when people are hurting inside, they can act out and hurt others to try to fulfill those hurts. Jose was looking for love and affection. Maybe he was looking for the love and affection that he was missing from his dad when he was younger. And I think many of us can relate to that. I know there's someone right now who doesn't have their father or their father wasn't close to them. And you feel like there's a void in your life, something you feel like is missing. And you're trying to solve that issue. Now, it's written in ancient writings, the answer for you. In Matthew 23, 9, it says, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. According to this, you have a heavenly father who loves you. He wants to father you in your life all the way into adulthood. If you have a relationship with him and you can know your heavenly father through Jesus Christ, as Jesus is the only one who made a way to the father when he died on the cross for your sins. Think about it, friend. You have a way to your heavenly father. You can get it now. And if that's you and you feel that way, I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I'm lifting up my friend who's saying, gosh, I grew up without a father and I feel like I'm missing something. I've always been looking for that father. Lord God, according to your scriptures, it says that you are our heavenly father. So Father, we invite you into our lives. Jesus, we invite you into our lives. We thank you for your sacrifice. We ask for this in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.